0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Hey, I'm Lucy Dakis, and this is the LSQ Podcast.
0: Okay, Lucy, you are recording. Swag. But for whatever reason, this stops being read. Did you just are... say
1: swag? That's old school.
0: Like,
1: yeah, we've been saying uh, swag. Bringing, a... ba-
0: bringing swag back in 2021. Yeah, it was
1: actually Jacob that started that, and all of us were very resistant for a time, but he was so persistent that uh, it... Yeah, no,
0: I'm all for it Like, it
1: being a little too soon, you know, mm-hmm. to bring it back. It does feel too soon, but I think that's part of the joke. Also, like, I live with six people and the inside jokes just get like baked and rebaked, like especially over quarantine. I feel like our sense of humors were completely like corrupted. <laughs> like we, we just like, I don't actually know what's funny anymore. <laughs> Six people. Wow. So are you in a, are you in a, a house
0: of a, like a...
1: Yeah, yeah. I live in Philly in like a giant house and I, we moved there like a couple months into lockdown. I had a dream about it and I... Like, saw all my friends there, and then I went on Zillow, and I found, like, there was one house for rent, like, in this neighborhood I wanted to live in. And I called them all, and I was like, do you want to move to Philly? And they are like, sure. So, like, people came from Chicago and Richmond, and...
0: At, that's awesome. And I mean, you know, I'll I'll pause briefly to say, hey, Lucy Dacus, welcome to the LSQ podcast. And uh, it's so good to see you again. I, I want to yeah. say for listeners before we get back into uh, the conversation that, that you and I connected recently for a briefer chat um, for Sirius XMU for the session that you played. And that was more focused on, on the new album Home Video, whereas this conversation um, will, you know, be more zoomed out kind of look at your you know, creative adventure, um, in in the larger sense. Um, but thanks for getting together to do this. And we did talk a little bit last time about your relocation to Philly. And, and so, yeah, I'd love to have you tell me a bit more about kind of what brought you to Philly and and began this sort of, well, if I'm going to go, I'm going to get my dream house together as well.
1: Yeah. I think it was just time. I had only ever lived in Richmond. Um, and it was getting weird. (laughs) For a couple different reasons. Some people like found out where I lived and were just like showing up to my house, which is scary. Um, and then yeah, I'd only ever lived there. So like I knew a lot of people in town. And I felt kind of like a lot of really kind support, but also some resentment. And it was just like, I had ended up not really leaving my house that much. It was just like too much. And how did you choose so, yeah. Philly? we have a lot of friends there it's like still kind of close to richmond it's closer to new york i don't want to live in new york but i have to go there all the time so it's nice to be closer there's public transit there's like i think like a lot of room to do stuff in philly like i know a lot of like community organizers and i think people are like really uh disillusioned with the government in a good way (laughs) um and like just provide for each other which is nice so Um, how long have you been there now since like the very end of twenty nineteen, like three days left of twenty nineteen,
0: you feel do you feel like you're that's it? You found your home for a while, like you could you could settle in for an indefinite.
1: I think so. I don't want to be anywhere else right now. Um, I mean, you put
0: together your dream combination of housemates for now. I know. So, yeah, know, I
1: whole- feel like.
0: Although you may want to not live with five people or six people at some point in the future. <laughs>
1: I've thought about that. But I don't know. I like living around people. Like, I uh, dissociate. Like, that's something I have to deal with. It's so annoying. So it's really nice to have people kind of, like, rustling about to remind me, like, that I exist. <laughs> if I'm alone, I can just, like, zone out for a really long time. I think I need, like, four days of alone time every three months. And that's, that's all I need. Let's talk about kind of, uh, you know, your
0: earliest moments of of feeling creative. When when did you first start to be drawn
1: to expressing yourself uh, through art? Well, my dad had this rule that bored or like boredom was a curse word. And we weren't allowed to say it like I'm bored, we would get punished. And the way we would get punished is he'd be like, you have to go draw a picture or you have to go read a book or like basically like do something to
0: not be bored anymore. So what yeah. would you do then at, when, as, a, as a little kid when you were bored and
1: you had to do something? Um, I wrote a lot of books and like illustrated them. I was uh, just reflecting upon <laughs> this book that I wrote about brothers just in time And, oh my gosh, what was the other brother's name? I wrote it down recently. And Nick O. Time, like the middle name was Oliver or something. (laughs) And they were like these time traveling brothers who uh, were always time traveling to like the wrong spots and they were always trying to find each other in time. Wow, Um, that's cool. Maybe it could be cool, but like it it wasn't because I was like eight, you know? I also had this story about this owl who was really shy, and this turtle who was like in love with him, but like couldn't get him to hang out with her. There were a lot of stories like this. (laughs) I'm resisting the urge to psychoanalyze. It's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Oddly enough, with all the like reflection that I do, I've never thought to psychoanalyze those things. (laughs) Uh, But you're totally right. I should think more about that. Well, it's mm-hmm. also it's also interesting
0: that you, you know, uh, uh, other kids could have had their parents discourage them from being from zoning out when they're bored or something like that. And and they wouldn't necessarily have written multiple books. Right. So, you, yeah, <laughs> you must have in there true. the encouragement to do something other than being bored, you know, lit the fire of something you naturally we're going to enjoy doing like did you as you're writing these stories did you get off was it did you get off on it was it did you love it
1: (laughs) yeah I loved it I mean I did it in my free time too I used to just like write and write and write like basically play pretend but with a pen and paper but yeah when you're a kid you just like think up whatever and we talked a little bit about
0: this when last we spoke, because um, I'm I'm realizing now the kind of overlap in that with the fact that you were not allowed to listen to secular music as a kid. Because mm-hmm. so the idea of of uh, writing songs probably didn't occur to you as immediately because music was a different thing, right? Mm-hmm.
1: I did write songs because like I listened to like some secular secular music i get like my dad loves bruce springsteen my mom loved prince my dad didn't like prince and he didn't like that i was listening to prince but that's neither here nor there
0: is there a reason is there a reason why bruce is an exception to the rule for your dad like does he have a does he have a rationale about bruce's
1: um you know pureness or something i'm because i don't know if he would put it into words like that i feel like it just was never not a thing about my dad it's like one of his biggest personality traits i think liking that like bruce. liking bruce yes like every day he's on the like facebook fan pages he listens to the serious bruce channel he's always sending me like oh i heard this live performance from 76 let me send it to you like yeah it's just it's constant for has him has he ever
0: seen bruce he'd... in concert
1: i think like 13 times Um, but I have never seen Bruce in concert and it's like, I was telling someone last night, that's like one of my highest priorities, like not, not even within the category of music. I mean, in my entire life, like that has to happen or else I'm going to regret it forever. So I've told him like the next time Bruce puts out tour dates, I'm just getting us tickets Yeah, and that is, we'll do whatever to make it. There's... Time is not to be wasted. (laughs) Did you,
0: did it, did it rub off on you as a kid or have you, what's your relationship with Bruce's music
1: all about? I hated it at first because I thought his voice wasn't good. Like, dad, why are you listening to this? Sounds terrible. And then I listened to the words and then realized that I do like his voice. It's just like an acquired taste, I guess. Yeah. Similar to Dylan, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And Dylan, like I never listened. I don't think I've ever (laughs) listened to a Bob Dylan record. Like, front to back. I, I feel like I've, I've missed out on tons of staples like that. And I don't know why I don't really have, like, the drive to go listen. I think, like, the people that have inspired so many other people, I, like, almost want to just, like, preserve the uh, other stuff. Like, I, I don't want to find out that a lot of my favorite music is a ripoff. So I don't want to listen to Bob Dylan, (laughs) but maybe that's a stupid reason.
0: But what Mm -hmm. were the things that you felt, the music artists that you felt like the way your dad is with Bruce, you know, initially as a kid, the first time you felt really drawn to an artist,
1: like you needed to consume more and know more? Uh, Led Zeppelin in middle school. I was like, this rocks (laughs) because I was listening to a lot of like all-time low and like panic at the disco with my friends and like i don't know just like those kind of like boy band emo bands and then i was like led zeppelin that feels like real music and then uh i i wouldn't say that i feel the same anymore but were led zeppelin the
0: panic of the disco of their era discuss amongst yourselves oh my god
1: (laughs) that that feels like a hot take type of question I actually um, think that
0: Blink-182 is the Led Zeppelin of their generation in terms of like they like I hear music nowadays like bedroom pop artists who are so deeply influenced by Blink-182 but it like you know in a way that you only you have to have been through Blink-182 to appreciate or something yeah. and did the you bands that
1: like high school oh sorry no go ahead I was just gonna say that like the bands that I feel like I still stand by getting super into were like Yola Tango, Broken Social Scene, and The Ramones. Those were bands in high school that I was, like, just
0: so. Did something change to make you, like, to make you find that stuff or start finding, like, the more underground things that that maybe appeal to you more?
1: Yeah, I grew up, like, in the county, like, kind of a rural, suburban area, and nobody was listening to cool music (laughs) pretty much at all but then i like went to this nerd high school in the city and all of their all those kids like had patches on their jackets and like all of them had the cool dads with the big cd collection at home and uh yeah people were just recommending me stuff making me mix cds and mixtapes and um yeah, that was a huge, a huge currency was like the, the mix CD, like the burnt CD. You'd like make your album art and you'd like try to communicate a message through the titles or the lyrics that, that was like a super formative exchange. I'm wondering if like playlists do the same thing for teens. I mean, I'm still making playlists for people, but I wonder if they're like as romantic or dramatic
0: when did you start, like, finding uh, young artists? Like, did you did you go to shows in, in high school or college at all? Was there stuff to see around where you were living at the time?
1: Yeah, Richmond had, I don't know about has because I'm not there, and I don't know, it seems a little different, but it had a really amazing local music scene, um, and there were, like, full band, full, like, local band bills every night of the week. And nobody was really like trying to make it. Like it felt very just earnest and like a community thing. And that's where like would, how where I would s-
0: you go? Where was the main place you would go?
1: Um well there was a venue called Strange Matter that is gone now, that's so beloved. Gallery five is another place, sometimes the camel. Um, but a lot of houses. There's a house called Johnny Cave and Our House and Sour House and I lived at a house called Bow House. And we hosted bands a lot. But yeah, or sometimes people would just throw a house show as a one-off because somebody wrote a song and they wanted to show it to people. Did you,
0: did you, I mean, and at this point, are you writing your own, starting to write your own songs and and play them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess like, I guess I've never not written songs. Like when I was a little kid, I would write little tunes, um, but it was just to do something. And then in middle school, I would write songs with friends as like an activity um, because I got a guitar. And then in high school, I started like writing my own songs, but it didn't feel like it was for other people. So I started like playing shows because I had friends and bands that were like, hey, we need an opener. We're making you do this. We're putting you on the poster. Show up. You have 20 minutes. And um, that was very aggressive, but also ultimately kind of them to peer pressure me into that. How long was it before you started to feel like, no,
0: fuck it, I like this,
1: actually. It turns out it's not just peer pressure. I think I I never disliked it. I never thought it could be a job, even like into it being my job. I was like, this is gonna fall out from under me. I need to like keep in touch with the photo lab so they can be hiring me seasonally haven't needed to go back to the photo lab which is nice I mean I guess I'm curious if
0: you saw when you started to see yourself as uh, a performing artist uh, you know or or, and if you ever saw yourself sort of as like no that's not me I'm gonna do this other I'll, I'll be this other thing
1: yeah it's hard I still feel weird being like I'm a musician like clearly I am (laughs) <laughs> like it's literally what I do I'm in Nashville right now like about to record more music but uh, yeah I, I think because I never took classes or like I know so many better musicians like I feel like maybe I'm a writer and it's just taking the form of music right now I feel a little bit better just saying that I'm a I'm a writer but yeah I, I was like getting into photography and it's was like cool I could just like do headshots work an office job like keep my overhead low and let that happen for a while and do music like for fun I I don't I didn't really have any big schemes which is weird because I love scheming scheming (laughs) and dreaming are like my favorite activities but
0: I mean so but at some point it must have kind of pivoted to where you got like ambitious about this you know where you were like you know I'm doing it and if I'm gonna do it here's what here's how I want it to be here's here's the kind of artist i want to be.
1: Yeah, it's weird like i I've, I've actually never said something like that to myself. But right. i i did like basically i recorded my first record here with you just you saw jacob and colin before they left, but um it was jacob's school project and so he's like do you have enough songs cuz he was studying guitar. Um so the point of that wasn't to go get a career, but a local label put it out in richmond. And then a bunch of other labels started contacting me and agents and managers and stuff. It was just this like onslaught. And I was like, "Well, here's an option I never considered." And um, I've been thinking recently how like I kind of envy envy my friends that like grew up in major cities that were like around this more because I have ze- I had zero insight. And also I had never dreamed of it, whereas like I wish that I had wanted all of this because it would hit different, you know, like it would feel like I did it. I had a goal and I reached it, whereas like I actually wouldn't describe myself as ambitious. I mean, like I want to be happy and I think there's lots of ways to do that. That's like my ambition.
0: Yeah, but also I guess about, you know, I'm curious for you when, um, because it also just matters what satisfaction you get from doing the thing mostly, right? Because we've got to, those of us who have to do something to earn income, like, if you can actually feel, like, satisfied by it, you know, intellectually or emotionally or whatever, it's just such a privilege, you know, to have that be the situation with what you do for, for income, right? You know, and... I, you must feel, you must get some, deeply get something out of writing songs, whether or not anyone else likes it. Like, how do you, how do you know when a song you're working on is in the right spot, you know, is, feels like what you're trying to do here?
1: Yeah, I guess I it's that's kind a complex of, question. But... Yeah, it's like amorphous I and I, it is more of a feeling than anything else. Um, And there are songs that I write that I'm like, this isn't going to work. This feels too forced or it, um, I just can't finish it. Or the thought is too obvious or the thought is too obtuse. Yeah. There's lots of things that I think, like I just put them on the back burner and maybe I'll pick them up in like years and uh, finish it later. I've done that with plenty of songs and songs that have turned up on records where like I've started it many years before and then finished it many years later. Cause I just didn't know what to say originally. Um,
0: but do you find that the best case scenario songs like that? It, it feels like it feels good to you. You know, that yeah. there's, this, that there's a feeling you get that you can identify when you're like, Ooh, this is a good, this is, I like yeah. this.
1: Most of my favorite songs that I've written have taken about 15 minutes to write, like, Night Shift, Thumbs, I Don't Want to Be Funny, all the ones that I think do, like, work the best, like, people respond really well to, um, took what felt like not that much effort to write, um, and maybe that's because, like, I'd been sitting on a thought for so long that it just kind of crystallized suddenly, suddenly, um, so, yeah, but I get scared because I'm like, what if I won't have that feeling? Though I did, I mean, I've written, I've written quite a bit through lockdown, in that same vein of just like not trying to write because anything I write now, like it's gonna be years before anybody hears it, because I'm like putting out you just, this yeah, record. you just put out a record, yeah, yeah, like I, I wrote stuff over a year ago, or uh, there yeah, there's a song that I that I wrote years ago. And they won't be heard for years so it's like not actually that nice of an idea to like write a bunch of stuff right now because sitting on this record was bad I hated it like I mean I still am proud of it but like I don't know I wanted people to hear this stuff like so long ago I'm happy people are hearing it now but yeah so what's your
0: writing practice look like? I mean, do you, do you have, do you have any kind of a, you know, sort of
1: routine you use? Um, it's more like, I know the conditions. It feels like going fishing or it's like, I know what conditions I'll probably find the fish. (laughs) Um, so I'll like go on a walk or, um, be on a train or a plane or in a car Being in transit really helps. It feels like a liminal space. And I think that if I'm in like a liminal space, I'm allowed to say more things. Like if I am not kind of burdened by having a role or a context, it's easier to just kind of reach whatever. Um, So I don't like sit down in an office, but I usually like write all the lyrics and melody at the same time and then pick up the guitar and figure out the chords Interesting. Um, Does yeah. the, do the lyrics suggest the melody or vice versa? I think when I'm singing the words, it's like the melody is like emphasis, just making certain words like punchier or elongating them, you know, you you like you want to invoke like the emotion that you're trying to communicate.
0: Who are the who are <laughs> the artists? I mean, and and obviously you're friends with a lot of artists who are also making music currently and and boy genius of course and you get to collaborate with a couple of other really talented singer songwriters but who are some of the other artists of roughly your generation who who inspire you and who make you feel like you know what like it's not it's we're out here doing it
1: mhm you know it's funny i hung out with mitski yesterday and i was realizing because she's taken this hiatus that i haven't been listening to her music cuz i'm like oh she doesn't want to be perceived and so i don't even interact with her recordings um and just you know see her when i see her but i think she's so good i think that like i don't know the way we were talking about like bob dylan inspiring so many people i kind of feel like a lot of people are are and are going to be making music inspired by mitski um
0: oh, clearly absolutely. i'm
1: i'm constantly inspired by julian and phoebe as like people but also writers and um who the hell do you think
0: that collaborating in that project and 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 in other collaborations you've done i'm sure that does it help you to see your own kind of craft differently you know when you go back to doing things on your own
1: yeah i feel like like artists that i like the most are people that i have the response of like you can do that you're allowed to do that (laughs) and like maybe you're allowed to do anything but um I think subconsciously I put up a lot of like barriers and so um even like like Andy Schaaf I think is a underrated songwriter like listening to the party being like oh you can do that you can be that cinematic and that specific and you can talk about this type of emotion and like anxiety in this way and um Brittany Howard, I think, is, like, a modern legend, um, just, like, both songwriting and, like, arranging and production of her records, um, I don't know, I think that I'm, like, listening to, like, her music in Alabama Shakes really changed how I do recording, like, I feel like they just opened up a lot of sonic space, or like, those possibilities feel more present, um, and what about like just sort of as a as a
0: live performer um you know what are some has it has it sort of always felt the same for you, or did you have to kind of adapt to it or or uh find
1: find a way of looking at it to to get into it? it's weird I don't feel like I'm performing when I'm on stage, and I wish that I did I've been thinking about this a lot like because my dad took so many home videos when I was a kid and my mom was involved in theater, and so like I would just be like in the ensemble or, um, I wanted to do theater cause it's what she did and it's all my, it's what my friends did, but I never had like the voice or like the larger than life, uh, stage presence. Um, I've always kind of been observed and on stages and asked to perform, even if it's like perform happiness for my dad, for the camera. Um, so I guess I'm like somewhat comfortable doing it but I don't have like a persona and I kind of wish that I did and like I'm still adjusting and learning how to be a good performer um because my only thing that I do is just show up so far and I guess that's like some people like that it works honestly I probably don't need to like fix anything like the shows are good um but I'm just being myself whereas like It would maybe feel more stable if I had, like, a plan of what to do and how to act and, like...
0: Maybe, but I bet if you asked Bruce, he just would say, yeah, that's what he does. He just shows
1: up and gets on stage and is himself. Yeah. Someone told me last night that they don't make a set list ever, and, um... He, he has like a super fan that tours with him that can tell whatever song he's starting to play by the opening chords and the super fan will like send the song to monitors that are, in, that are in front of the rest of the band so bruce just like plays whatever occurs to him next like he's just feeling it it's like i'm gonna play this one and then the band like just has to follow suit
0: that's so amazing. Yeah. My brain, like, smoke would come out of my ears. I would just oh. be frozen, just like, what song do we play?
1: I know. Same. Yeah. I like, <laughs> we we put a lot of thought into the set list. Occasionally I'll change it if I'm feeling, like, really saucy or if somebody's, like, requesting a song. I do try to play requests that's something I guess that's not really a performance thing but if anybody I actually have a document that if anybody like tags me and says play this in the city I'll like put it in a note and be like okay we have to play this song because I don't know I do I've noticed I did like a signing yesterday and I did two last week like one Philly one New York one here in Nashville and all of the stores, remarked like this is the nicest group of people that have come into the store. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I think that like I've I've just spoken like a little bit online about how I would like to be treated. And I think actually people have listened. And I feel so lucky because I feel like my fan base are like people that I actually like. And um, you know, there've been like the stray people who've made me feel unsafe and like that could happen this next tour and maybe I've had a long enough break from it because of quarantine that I'm feeling really optimistic, but, um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of mutual respect and like, maybe I don't need a defense mechanism cause I can just communicate <laughs> and say, you know, treat me like this, please. And hopefully people respond.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like you, you know, three albums in you, you know, it's like you have, there is a relationship with your audience of, of respect, where your audience, like you know, that you they know who you are, and you can, and you can direct them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also, if anyone uh, listening to this does anything to bum Lucy out on <laughs> tour, I'm going to come to your town. And I'm going to punch you in the face.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for connecting
1: with me to do this. It's
0: lovely to talk
1: to you. Yeah, it's so nice to talk. It just feels like a regular ass conversation.
0: <laughs> regular ass. <laughs>
1: Thanks again to Lucy Dagis
0: for that awesome regular-ass conversation. And she's got a tour starting in early September, beginning in her native Richmond, Virginia. LucyDagis.com for additional info. I'm Jenny LSQ. That brings us to the end of Episode 65 of the LSQ Podcast. I'm excited to share a new one in a few weeks with Goo Goo Doll's John Resnick and episodes farther into the fall with Adam from The War on Drugs and Courtney Barnett, both of whom have albums coming. And you can reach me with questions and feedback, etc. on Twitter at JennyLSQ. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time.